This is the Copper Crab Podcast. I'm Cheney Crab. I am Naveen Copperweiss. If you have any if you have any questions to submit to the podcast, email us at coppercrabpodcast at gmail.com. We answer anything personal, not personal, band related. Relationship advice. Relationship advice. We're pretty much like the go-to for anything about uh, everything. We're wise beyond our years. That's my last name. Uh, Naveen's last name is Copper Wise. There we go. Also, uh, we have a bunch of tour dates for our band. We're in a band. We're in a band. Uh, we play metal, death metal, progressive death metal. We're going on tour in April and May. I think it starts April 14th in Seattle. And so there's a long laundry list of dates. Yeah, so. You guys want to check that out maybe i'll post them in the description yeah it's actually a thing now uh youtube just sent me like a notification yesterday this might just be for the entheos page but you can actually put ticket info and everything under Mm. your stuff on youtube now all right so yeah i'll put the tour dates in the comments we're going on tour with arch spire and inferi and vulvodinia so this tour package is a real mouthful yeah, a lot of, none of them are actually a uh, word, right? That you would I don't say know, ever. I have no idea. <laughs> In what context would you use any of those? I don't know. Like, Entheos- hey, my vulvodynia is kind of killing me. <laughs> no, wait, I think vulvodynia <laughs> is a word. Let's look that up. Look it up. I think right. vulvodynia is a word. All right. It sounds whatever it is. Yeah. We all know what it sounds like. Vulva. Volvo like this? No, I think it's Volvo. Volvo D. Nope. Why? Why? Sorry N-I. to this band. <laughs> Is that it? Yeah. About Volvodynia. Oh, there's Volvodynia. Okay, here we go. Volvodynia is a chronic pain syndrome that affects the vulvar the vulvar area and occurs without an identifiable viable cause symptoms what the, what's the hex of vulvar let's check that out symptoms right. include a feeling of burning or irritation okay look up a vulvar wait where are you seeing that it's at the beginning i just read it what's a vulvar Here, hold on, this is, oh there we go entheos is a real word <coughs> Should we look up all of the band names? Yeah. Well, right. I think that if you type in Archspire or Inferi, it's just going to come up with the band name or with the bands. Wait, all right. It? So they straight up went with a name that's after. Not suitable for work, everybody. Whoa. Uh, explicit graphic content. It, it is. All right. It well, is it is what, what it sounds like. It is what you think. Huh. <laughs> 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 they just went with a name right. that's it's an ear all right uh hope so i hope i never get that so it's some sort of disease of the vulva. <laughs> damn okay not safe for work everybody yeah sorry not for flashing for uh the jj's on your screen all right let's uh 
Let's look up like in theory the word. Okay. In theory word definition. Because I think it's just going to come up with banned stuff. I don't know if it has. Yeah, I think it's just. What does in theory mean? Wait, no, look, go down. It was right there. Go back. In theory is a word. Okay, in theory, wiktionary. The gods of the upper, lower world. Oh my gosh, they their name is from Harry Potter. <coughs> wow. Okay. All right. That's out of left field. I never really thought, I didn't see that coming. So we're getting to the bottom of some stuff right now, <laughs> yeah. if you've ever wondered. <laughs> So All what right. is Archspire? Is it a real? I, I for the record, for until um, maybe late late last year, I thought it was pronounced Archspire, but apparently not. You should look up Archspire the word definition or Archspire definition. All right. Uh. Seems, seems like this one is not a it's real not word. A word. It's just a All right. Name. Well, we're gonna have to ask them how they came up with that name. All right. And then should we look up our name? Just yeah. Everybody? Yeah. Just to be fair, to be balanced. <laughs> Entheos, as some like to say, Entheos. Entheos. Well, that is pretty cool that we come up before the word. I, I like that. Yeah. That someone makes me feel uh, important. I did a podcast one time and um. The person commented on how smart of a choice our band name was because it comes up. It's the only thing that comes up if you search Entheos. It is a word, though. Yes. Uh, here we go. An internal divine power. Frenzy attributed to or characteristic of divine inspiration. I mean, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that one's... <coughs> That's a good one. It's no. Vulva it, it doesn't have anything to do with <laughs> the problematic <vulvar>. vaginas. <laughs> but I hope they don't listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even if they do, that's what the I mean. What that's what the band name means. We're telling the truth. Yeah, we're telling the truth. So. <laughs> there is no. Uh, what if we spelled it? We're wrong? not going to have to have one of those Joe Rogan. Um, False information, yeah, content warnings <laughs> in the front of the um, episode. What if we spelled it wrong and it actually means something totally different? We didn't. Okay. I'm I'm exceptional at remembering how to spell things. It was kind of like when we were talking to our manager about like <clears throat> the band Dying Fetus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, great name, but I mean, they kind of shot themselves <laughs> in the foot with the name Dying Fetus. Which is funny because once those kind of names are established, which I'm sure there are a million names like Vulvodinia out there, well, yeah, which is kind of a that. cool name if you, you know, it's just like, it sounds, it, runs, it sounds sick. It sounds sick. To me, it sounds like super brutal. Yeah. Um, There are a lot of band names like that out there. You totally, I want there, that has to be called something when you don't associate yeah. Dis, the words. Uh, disassociate, maybe. Well, that's like a... A mental thing. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, maybe though. But when you stop thinking of words as their meaning and you only think of them as the band, like 
dying fetus or job for a cowboy. Yeah, you don't. You just take it for granted. Like when I was a kid, you know, I talked to my dad, you know, and be like, "Yeah, I'm going to see dying fetus and Slipknot Fucking and skinless cunt, anal cunt and, slaughter." Okay, disassociate means disconnect or separate. So yeah, I mean, so you're yeah, that's that's what's happening. That's fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, well, that's how I feel about band names in general. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I Especially guess in just, death metal. I mean, you have to do that. You have to. If you weren't doing that, then I mean, the mo- the more brutal, the better, right? I guess so. <laughs> I was always kind of like when I was a kid. I I wasn't about the brutal aspect. Yeah. I guess in hindsight, I was a little bit. Like I kind of, I always thought that maybe I didn't. I wish that it was just kind of cleaned up. You know what I mean? Like. I didn't want to roll around with like a a Cannibal Corpse album on my shirt, you know, uh, because I'm not really that type of person. I'm not like in your face, aggressive, loud. Yeah, I know what you mean. I wouldn't call myself that in your face or aggressive. But when I was a kid, especially, I really wanted to wear that stuff. Okay, see. So- so you did you didn't have a problem with people being like, What is on your shirt? That is disgusting. Oh, that was like a badge of honor. Okay. That's yeah. that's that's right, it's disgusting. Yeah. I had I had this shirt when I was in maybe seventh grade. It was Ozzy holding a sign to hell. Man, I just thought I was such a badass for having yeah, that. I, I like, remember I'm wearing that shirt. my hell shirt. <clears throat> What'd your grandma think of that? Uh she didn't like it when I wore it to church very much. <laughs> See, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. But maybe I wouldn't have had I wouldn't the, have had the guts to do that. Here's the difference between us though, Naveen. You didn't your parents my parents never forced any of that stuff on me, for the record. Yeah. I went to church with my grandmother. You never had any of that stuff forced on you. If anything, an act of rebellion for you was to be like a straight edge vegan. Vegan. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, that was that's rebellious, rebellious for you compared to your parents in Iowa when I'm going to church. Yeah. And I feel like I need to break out of this little cage. I mean, going to I'm church in. would have been rebellious if I had have like went to yeah. a Christian church. church would it have been? Kind of, I mean, yeah, kind of. Kind of. Mm. I mean, they don't. They're not Christian. Yeah, but. So. That's true. That's true. I see. But, I mean, I didn't, I don't know. Like, I guess I didn't, I liked the aspect of metal that was the, like the musicality of it, the sound of it, right? Yeah. I liked the whole package. So I wasn't, I wasn't particularly into guts and all that type of stuff. Oh, guess who's back? And <laughs> Pappy, dude. This I don't think cat, he's on dude. camera. Our cats have been driving us nuts today. Shiva. Great, dude. Here he comes. Oh, my God. Whoa, oh did my you God, see that? Dude. Shiva, our other cat, who you probably rarely. I think she was the cover photo from when she was in a cone. Yeah. Of one of our podcasts. And she rarely comes in here. She's kind of skittish, which who knows why? That cat has been treated like yeah, a princess know. since she was a Her kitten. Whole life. But never anyway, had a bad thing never had a bad thing happen to her except that she had to be in a car across the country. And yeah. she was on Xanax the whole time or Gabapentin. So she was having a fun <laughs> ride. But uh, 
she comes through our room. It it happens at maybe 2 a.m. every day. Yeah. That she starts meowing, comes in and goes, meow, meow, uh, meow. Like, get the fuck out of here. And then dude. again, she starts at around 7.30. Meow, meow. And then in between that, it's like cr- it's like running. This. Yeah, yeah, uh, literally. The cat's running through our house. I mean, these cats. And then you go open the door, right? I'm waking up. I open the door. They don't go outside anymore. They used to go outside all the time at our old house. Yeah. And here, I guess it's too cold. That's what I'm thinking. Because it actually I think is so really too, cold here. Yeah. I think it's unfamiliar territory and it's too cold. Yeah. They're not into it. They're not going to be into the heat either. Apparently, Santa Cruz is, has the perfect... Cat weather. Cat weather. Which makes sense. There are a <laughs> lot of cats there. Yeah. But anyway, so back to the the uh aggressive or what what would you call it like shock thing there is a shock value <clears throat> to metal i can't say th- i mean maybe i'm spinning this the wrong way because i wasn't obsessed with that aspect of it yeah it was just a cool added bonus for instance when i was 16 and got a car if i would drive through my my school area in my car with metal playing, yeah. I just turned that shit okay, up. Okay, yeah, that I was I was cool with that. Yeah, I was cool with that. I think just the imagery, like I had a, a cannibal corpse like bloodthirst shirt, you know, and that was like, I, I didn't really like wearing it. I, I always felt self conscious. You got rid of that shirt. Yeah. Naveen. I know. Shitty. Oh <clears throat> my god. Yeah. I don't want you to talk about the shirts you got rid of anymore. <laughs> Yeah, when I moved to L.A., I was like, man, I'm not going to wear any of these fucking metal shirts. And I just, like, sold them all. That's insane. Yeah. I know. We I'm not really that attached to, like, stuff in that way. But the metal shirts, I think we should be attached yeah. to those. Especially when I was younger. Yeah, because I'm sure that... Don't get me wrong. We have probably a store's worth of metal shirts in our closet. We have yeah. a ton of good metal shirts, but I bet you had some really good ones. Because the ones that you still have from when you were young... Are good. Yeah, solid. I kept a couple. Kept a couple. Yeah. Well, I guess what I was to round out that topic. What I was going to say is, death metal. Now there is sort of a, a, a subset of death metal, right? And the lyrics are about clean topics like science and space and stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> and now I'm kind of like, damn, I wanted to go back to being brutal. Uh, <laughs> our band has our band verges on the clean territory, but none of my lyrics have ever been For sure. about I mean, science I don't think I'd or want. space. My band, like, when you hear those bands, you show them to, like, your grandma or something? Yeah. I mean, that would be, I don't know, be weird. It's easier <laughs> It's easier to show grandma the band if it starts out with a an easygoing name. 100%. I mean, I remember, when I, I remember when I joined Animals, one of the things was, like, I could, like, show this to my grandparents, and it, like, wouldn't be weird. Yeah. Because it doesn't have screaming. Yeah. Which we have a, we have a song on our new album that I'm, like... Okay, finally, I think my grandma will be able to understand this. Yeah, it's still pretty the one song. heavy, though. It's intense. It's heavy, but I mean, there's singing on it. But honestly, now as a, as a 36-year-old, I, I don't feel that way at all. I'm like, I don't know if I'd really want to... Actually, you know what? I, I think I might... That, that wouldn't bother me at all now. Any of it. You know, I think just being a kid, I was a little less comfortable with it. Because now I'm like... 
you know, if if I was in Cannibal Corpse or something, mm-hmm. I'd be like, yeah, I'm in Cannibal. I'm 36. I'm in Cannibal Corpse. Deal with it. Yeah. That's my thing. Fuck you if you don't like it. Leave. Leave my house. Yeah. You know. The interesting thing about now, now that we're talking about lyrical matter is that a lot of the time the lyrical matter of a band matches the name of the band. Yeah, that's true. That's how our band is. I, I mean, when you read that, I was like, well, yeah, that's what our band is. And what's about. weird with that about that is we you didn't come up with the name. The I band. did not. No. So Frank did. Frank did. Mm-hmm. But I love the name of our band. I know. That's I, a good I name. mean, yeah. I when I heard it, I was either. like, that's. A great name. It's hard to come up with a band name. Yeah. That is one of the hardest parts, if not the hardest part about starting a band. Totally. Because we were talking about this the other day, actually, like when you think of a band name or that disassociation aspect, right? Everyone just kind of takes it seriously. Like, yeah, the Dying Fetus, they're going on tour. God damn it. Calendars on this thing? Um, <clears throat> Uh-oh. <laughs> is your dad filling in the calendar right now? That's going to just on, be awful. I can always edit this out. Anyway, whatever. Fuck. Oh, no, it was just a, ca- a notification. But, like, you think of a band name, and then everybody takes it serious. And that's kind of... Like, they don't... You, you think people are going to question it. You know, they like, don't. Are you like, are you guys really a band? But they're just like, yeah. oh, yeah, cool, Entheos. They're a band. They're from California. They're da-da-da-da. You know, like... It, I think about that with uh, album titles as well and song yeah. titles because all of it sounds so um, uh, abstract yeah. when you first come up with it. And once it all gets out there, people start, oh, dark future. Oh, man, dark. F-. You know, it's you talk about it. They don't. Yeah. There's no questioning of it whatsoever. Just like you said, it's there's. It's honestly oh, something that makes me feel kind of like proud, you know? Like, yeah, they take us seriously. That's cool. Yeah. Totally. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Instead of being like, huh, I don't know about that. That seems a little weird. But it's nothing to really be proud about because we all do it all the time. You hear about a band that comes out and you just accept it as their band. Yeah. That's that. Yeah. So, sort of weird. <laughs> weird stuff. <laughs> <laughs> we need a weird stuff drop. But yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we're going on tour. Yeah, that's going to be month. weird. That's going to be weird. It's going to be interesting. We're taking two guitar players with us live now. Yeah. Should, um, we, should we sort of talk about what we're doing? I don't think we should. I don't think we need to yet. Cheney likes to keep things top secret. Well, I would rather... I, I just think that... I mean, if you guys have listened to our podcast for a while, you probably know who's playing bass on our new record. We haven't really been quiet about it. We've dropped it at like two hours deep in a podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> In the last couple, I think. <laughs> but um, I would rather just a band say what we're doing and then before we spill the beans, kind of. All right. But yeah. But that being said, we are taking two guitar players yeah. on the tour. I'm stoked. Yeah. We. Which that sort of has been announced. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. See, the thing is that having one guitar player has been cool, but there are a lot of parts of it that to me have made us... I mean, and just the material that we've written in the past, like we've seemed a little less heavy. Yeah, absolutely. Having one guitar player, because what will happen is that uh, to keep that going live, we'll have. So the riff that our solos come in over will always be a riff that has been played before in our songs so that that can be recorded. Looped. And then looped. Yeah. So we aren't really doing that anymore. I mean, that's the thing is, it's 
it would have been really cool like 10 years ago. Yeah. But now everybody <clears throat> just plays to tracks. Right. So you can't even tell that it's that that happened. People just automatically assume it's a track. I know. And that is an interesting thing about this whole uh, era of stuff like that. Like no one can tell what yeah. you're playing live and what you aren't playing live anymore. And they don't even care. They don't care. I mean, do they? I think some I people know. care. Doesn't seem like they do to me. Uh, but we've been out with bands that I'm not even sure that they play some of their guitar parts live. Yeah. That's pretty common. Yeah. It's pretty common. So uh, it, it just when it is cool to be able to add that as a, oh, by the way, we loop all of our parts. But about five people care that we do that. It's just kind of one of those things that sounds cooler in theory than actually is. Yeah. So right. we're just like, fuck it. Let's have two guitar players. Yeah. Let's have two guitar players. Let's <clears throat> come out with a two guitar player assault. And a lot of the parts, like we we have had, um, I guess, electronic parts in our material in the past. That's what you would call it. But a lot of our parts that are like that are based on like guitar layering now. Yeah. Like we've kind of on our new album, which you guys will hear this year, we've kind of gone the way of all the cool background stuff. There is still some little electronic yeah, stuff. We're it's not just pretty sparing. It's not. It's just used for like atmosphere, background stuff, rather than this like main part. Yeah, and I think that's definitely something that uh, we've nailed on the new album is deciding what is the focus rather than everyone just doing their thing all the time yeah absolutely for for instance i think it helped a lot that uh before the bass was tracked even i think before the guitars were tracked you guys had vocal demos yeah so that helped That's us huge. a lot in you know there are th there are people in our band who are muse like who are musicians to the point that they that you know there's you've got you guys have done solo records so you're kind of used to your instrument being a primary focus yeah which is fucking awesome and it's made us have really awesome instrumentals but it's also made it in the past so that vocals have been somewhat of an afterthought and the only idea that you guys have had of me doing vocals on a part is if I'm like hey I'm doing vocals there so right. chill it out yeah um and this time, having the vocals laid out before those instruments were tracked made it a lot more cohesive. Yeah. I don't get that feeling anymore that the vocals were an afterthought at all. No, not at all. Not at all. And just having them there or having something close to what you're going to do there, you can s step back and say, all right, is this working with... I mean, not just the vocals, but is it just working with everything? With the whole band. The whole part. Yeah. And I definitely learned that from doing the Whitechapel album. Because totally. they had the vocals already tracked before I did drums. So if I would do some crazy fill or something, they'd be like, all right, that sounds pretty sick. Let's hear it with the vocals. And then sometimes it would clash. It wouldn't sound right. Totally. And it's important, even playing metal, you know, we're not we're not talking about stripping everything down and playing music that's dumb like the new album is way more technical than our old stuff yeah i would say it's but it's definitely important to keep the picture the whole picture in mind 
yeah, and play as operate as a band and not right. for <clears throat> solo yeah. records. Like I'm coming in here and doing because I'd be like, all right, I'm gonna do, you know, my crazy drumming, and then I'm gonna jazz chops, <clears throat> jazz hands, then I'm gonna add all these. Cra- I'm into synths, so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna add all this crazy synth stuff, and it's like that's cool, but maybe just pick a few parts where it works instead of just trying to force it yeah i think that that's something that demoing the vocals has allowed to happen Absolutely. is that i do think that there's been an aspect of our band in the past as well where it's like so much is happening all at the same time that you don't even really it doesn't even really uh god what's the word i'm it, it doesn't even make sense that you you don't get the feeling when there are those like chops parts right, right. because it's all chops. Exactly. It's all doing that all the time. And when you're going 60 miles an hour at all times, you can't, it's hard to focus on the parts that are supposed to be the cool right. parts for, for the instrumentation. And now those parts are even cooler because they don't happen all the time. Yeah. They can stand out. They can stand out and you can pick the parts that you want to do that with and sh- uh, showcase them. Exactly. Which is cool because I think that it'll translate live as well. The other day we were playing a part of the new album and that I'm not doing vocals over that we were like, this is the perfect part for like a drum thing live. Right. So I think it's made us, you know, that's just ha- how bands go as Definitely. you move forward with being your band, you pinpoint a little more the things that you want to do with the band. I think especially playing live too. Oh, totally. Because you're, you've got, you play live, you, you write a bunch of songs in a studio mm-hmm. and you, I'm, I'm sure it's like this with most technical bands. They're not at practice hashing out songs. Yeah. Right. They're uh, another fucking cat. You're writing them on a, you know, in a recording program. Yeah. And then sending them to the other guys. And it's, it's made sort of mechanically in a way. Right. And then you go to play it and that's one thing. And then you play it in a live setting. That's a whole nother thing. So it's a totally different thing. I think also with the technicality parts that we're doing, there's a little more emphasis on, is it, efficiently technical or just technical to be technical yeah because there's things on guitar where if you write in that way right the pieces are kind of fragmented and put together you don't really notice the playability of it yeah so at this time around as i'm going through it i'm making sure oh when i'm on you know riff x i'm making sure that oh before it was going to go to the thirteenth fret or something, right? Like maybe let me let me just play it on the on the first fret, an octave lower, stuff like that to make sure that you can actually play it and it's fun to play. Well, that's really nice of you because I feel like <laughs> a lot of drummers who write guitar parts do not do that at all, or vice versa. If a guitar player is writing the drum parts, right. it's totally unplayable most yeah. of the time. Right. Right. So that's really nice of you to think of. Um, the people who are going out live with us. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm actually aware of that stuff. It's still pretty hard to play at times. I'm sure. Well, that's the nature of the beast. You always, 
so, I mean, I find myself always sort of writing certain parts that are a little out of my league. Yeah. That I know that I'm going to have to figure it out. But that's what makes me better over time. Definitely. That's how you get better at doing things is pushing yourself a little harder. And what better way to do it than to make material that you're actively going to have to go out and play live a little more, beyond, a little beyond. Yeah what you do that's one of the major i mean that's why i think music is where it is today is because of that aspect yeah people go a little outside of what they might be able to do at the time Mm -hmm. like with animals i remember you know this is i don't know 12 years ago or something that's sort of the epitome of that type of stuff and at that time it was a new concept to just like write with a computer and program drums and all, all you know what i mean Absolutely. like it wasn't as popular so people would wonder like if if someone could actually do it and you, know? you have a story and now it's about like wave. you have a story about how animals wasn't even really playing animals material right off the bat it took time for tosin and hov to yeah, oh yeah stuff. oh like when i showed up yeah they were not as prepared as yeah. uh i would have hoped <laughs> let's put it that way What's the story? Oh, well, so I was like really excited to play with animals, to say the least. And then, so I was like, all right, I got to really fucking practice my ass. Like, these guys are insane. You know, I really got to practice my ass off. And uh, when I showed up, it was like not, they hadn't been doing the same thing. Let's put it that way. Like, <laughs> they knew how to play the songs from whenever maybe they had practice. I think they actually played a show. There was an animal show, and and I think Matt Halpern played drums. A word. So I think they, that was just kind of like left over from that. And Tosin had just got an Axe Effects, so he was like just messing with his patches and stuff. And I remember just being at practice like, oh, man, these guys. And I, I, I was being funny about it. I mean, I was, you know, you know me. I was making fun of them and stuff. Like, wow, you guys just don't have it together here. Well, when you guys played your first show, did you – play the songs oh yeah i mean it was like i went out there for a few days and the first couple days i was like wow man i'm way more prepared than these guys so didn't expect that to happen and then i remember we were practicing uh one night and it just like fucking clicked on like day three or something and i remember that night we just played the whole set and it was super sick. And it was just like one of the best feelings of my life. Like just being. Because <clears throat> I knew they were going to be what they are. Yeah. You know. So I was like. Well, it's hard to deny it back then. I remember the first time. I, me- I remember hearing <clears throat> that Animals material. And it was when Animals was a really small band. I yeah. mean, the first time yeah. that I saw Animals, they were like two of four on a Veil of Maya tour. And this was before Veil of Maya was really that big of a band. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's true. I was there. Yeah. Periphery <laughs> was on that tour as well. Yeah. And Circle of Contempt, I think. Was yeah. there another band? No, it was those four. But that's how Naveen and I met. We met at on when he was on that tour. And that's right. there was no one at that show. Maybe 50 people. Yeah. It was also 12 years ago. Maybe. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. When... You know, it's hard to imagine periphery or animals or veil playing in front of, I don't know, 50 people. Yeah, that tour was, max. In, the, the, it was in February. 
Which it was is in like February. The craziest <clears throat> winter in parts of the country. Yeah. And the first day was like a total blizzard. Like, is the show even going to happen? Oh, wow. And it still happened. And I actually have some pictures from that show. I think you have some pictures from the Des Moines show where there are like icicles hanging out yeah. off of the parking structure out uh, back. Yeah. I took some pictures. I took a couple pictures that day and, and posted them on my Facebook. Wow. Because I was like, look at these icicles. This is crazy. Soon you're going to be getting <clears throat> the next couple of weeks. You're going to get your 13th, uh, 13 years ago on this day. Is that how long ago it was? I think it was 20. No, it was 2010. So 12 years ago. Yeah. Wow. And, but yeah, it was at the Vaudeville Muse. Um, <clears throat> two days before that, I was at a despised icon Winds of Plague show that was sold the fuck out. Yeah. Just max packed. And the animals periphery Vale of Maya show had basically no one at it. So, yeah, so that show just was smashing on our show? Or what? Well, yeah, but <laughs> I, I think things have changed a little now. Uh, yeah, I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's uh, that just goes to show you something may seem... I mean, you know, you hear music and stuff. You kind of know, like, if this band continues on. Yep. Just about all of those bands. If these bands continue on, they're really going to make some that's waves. That's the number one... Uh, item for success in a band is don't break up oh man haven't we been saying that to ourselves yeah. since the beginning of this band yeah. the only way to like achieve anything is just persistence and to not break up yeah because i'm sure i've said this before on the podcast but there have been times where we've been like i don't know maybe we could stop being you know we could call it here and <laughs> yeah. it'd be fun yeah definitely. um and not calling it is the only way that we've gotten to the point that we are now, yeah. which so many things have happened in this band that I just never could have imagined. 100%. Us signing to Metal Blade. I could have imagined that, but I didn't really, I don't know. You, it's hard to see those things. That's in, honestly in your what I don't get about breaking up your band. Mm -hmm. Like, let's just say even two guys want to do it. You and me. Yeah. Just keep going. Keep going. I mean, just hold it down. Maybe it'll be shitty for a while. Maybe nobody will like you for a little while. Maybe but one. Maybe one of the guys who isn't in your band anymore will come and play on. Yeah. Your next maybe record. He'll come back. <laughs> so I mean, hold it down. Yeah. And or even if you don't have time for it at all, right? It, Why yeah. announce that you're broken up? Why? Why do that? Just fly under the radar for a while i know and then come back and people go oh i didn't know that i haven't heard from them in a while cool right i think about that too i could see maybe if it came to a point where the people who were in control of the band really fucking hated each other yeah there are certain reasons i can see to break up a band which is rare i mean i've seen you know i've been touring for a long time and a lot of the bands that were around 10 years ago are not around anymore. I mean, totally. most, most of them. Most, yeah. Like the tour, the, the show that you were just talking about. But right. you know who is still around? The bands who are around 10 years ago, you know who they are? They're the Black fucking Dahlia Murder. Yeah. They're White Chapel. They're BT Veil Bam. of Maya. They're BT Bam. They're big. They're doing well. Yeah. And they could have quit when their bands, I mean, Veil could have quit after that tour. 
Totally. Right? Yep. Any of the bands could have quit after that tour. I don't know how the other shows were. They were probably better than the Des Moines show. Uh, yeah. Because Des Moines, you know, is a hit or miss market. But there's so many times, and this, this spans beyond being in a band. There's so many things, so many pursuits where a time will come where you're going to have to choose whether you want to give up all of the work that you've been doing or if you want to continue on and really make something happen. Yeah. I think that the the difference between us and, and bands that have quit even since Entheos started is that we've just never chosen That's to why. quit. That's why. Someone, I was doing a podcast last week and someone asked me what I thought the difference was because I talked about how I, I've known, I've played music with a lot of people who do not play music anymore. And the person asked me if I thought what I thought the major difference between me and those people was yeah. the difference between us and other people of our age who don't play music anymore is that we actively wake up every day and we're like, we're, we're musicians. What do we do musically today? Yeah. That's the only difference. And you inevitably succeed at something. If you just keep going, just keep pushing. But I think it's also, it's okay to have points in time where you just don't do very much music. Absolutely. You're still a musician. You know what I mean? Totally. You you can take a bit of a break, I guess is what I'm, like I've had breaks. Me too. Even in the band. Oh yeah. Like when 2020, for probably six months or so, we didn't do anything before we released, uh, Remember you were dust. Yeah. For that period, mm-hmm. there's nothing, nothing, like literally nothing. You go through weird times in your band, and that's really what that six-month period was. We were going through a really strange time where we didn't really know where the band sat. And that just is going to happen in any endeavor. Yeah. You're going to have days where you're like, what am I doing? And that's all right. It's just that's what that day is. Yeah. It's, it's chill. It's just overcoming it. comes it. with it. Yeah. It's it never really going to be good all the time. Anything. Nothing. Yeah. No relationship you have. No pursuit of yours. Uh, nothing is perfect all the time. Except for pizza. Pizza is always good all the time. No, it's not. <laughs> it's really not. There's card really bad cardboard pizza. Still pretty good, though. I don't know, man. Bad pizza is still There's good pizza. There's bad pizza. <clears throat> but yeah, I forgot what I was going to... I was going to round out that story, but I can't remember now. Uh, anyway, keep just keep going. Keep going. If you feel like giving up on something, unless it's a truly toxic situation. Oh, yeah, that's what I was going to say. I was going to say, I've seen a lot of bands, and I don't think I even know one that broke up because they can't stand each other. I think most every band that I'm personally friends with that stopped being a band, they just kind of stopped. Yeah. There's well, no, other like, things get in the way. In there. You start to get married and have kids and you have a job and you have bills you have to pay and things get in the way. But what we can do now, the Internet exists. Yeah. We can all make music over the Internet. It's never been easier to self-release. Totally. Uh, it's never been easier to build an audience uh, from the comfort of your own home. That was just something you could not do back in the day. Yep. So 
touring and all of those things were a complete necessity then. I know, I know, especially now. Yeah, right. I'm sure they're touring starting to seem like a novelty. Yeah. At this point. I mean, there are bands that do not go out on tour until they're huge bands. Yeah. So they're called smart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just so used to. Well, I'm. I'm. I. I would say up until the COVID stuff. That's kind of what my vibe was for sure. Like old school, go out there and win them over. You know. Yeah. But as things, you know, that went away, and then it became. People started getting more crafty with, let's do a stream and do this, that, and the other thing. And it's pretty cool, to be honest. I think it's awesome. I mean, we've talked about on the show how streaming is lame. And it definitely can be lame, but if it is a tool to get your creativity out there, mm-hmm. then even though it's second second rate, it's still something. <laughs> yeah, it still works. Yeah. It's still people, if people are wanting to see it, then it's a good thing. I also, okay, if we want to talk about why why bands break up, taking all of those tour offers is often not the best idea because that really, that's the quickest. Yeah. That's the fucking highway to break up your band. You're on the interstate going 90 to break up your band. If you take a tour where you guys lose a bunch of money. I do think that people need to be, no, I know people need to be smart with the tours that they choose to take. You, It is smart. It sounds like it sucks. I totally get it. To sit down and have a spreadsheet and write out all of your expenses and figure everything out, your gas, if you're paying members, uh, merch, all of that stuff. But the quickest way to kill your band is by being in a financial mess right so doing all of that stuff actually you could get the biggest tour offer in the world and you're making a hundred dollars a night sometimes huge bands take out opening bands and they do not it's a hundred that's always the case yeah it's a lot i don't know if it's always the case we can't say that i think Every big tour I've heard of, when you're like the first band on it, yeah, you're getting like a buck fifty, or you have to pay to be on it, or you got to pay to be on it. Yeah. So, and how often, if you're an unknown band, those tours don't really work out that well for you. Right. You could be the a totally unknown band, and you're opening for, I don't know, Motley Crue or someone, yeah. playing arenas. And you leave the tour not being very much bigger than you were when you came on it. It kind of seems like they don't do that anymore, though. I don't know. It seems like tours that happen now, the bands have to be, they have to sort of pull their weight to be on it. Yeah, I don't know. Because there's not that many tours happening, right? I mean, it doesn't seem like there's that many. Not like it used to be. I don't know. And it also seems to me, rarely is is there like a huge tour with like an unknown band on it. That's just what I'm saying. How many huge tours have you seen, though? I don't know if you pay that much attention. I don't pay any attention. Yeah, so. That stuff's I just stupid. don't think we can put a blanket statement over they don't do that anymore. They probably, do, they might do it less. Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess what I'm trying to say is but I, I can think I of a tour. I can think of a tour that, this was before COVID, but it was like. That's what I'm saying. There are buy-on bands on tours. Yeah. That does exist, and but I don't post-COVID, think. post-COVID, though. I don't think it's ever going to go away. Yeah, could. 
You're right. I don't think that You're people right. are ever going to uh, not be willing to take, I don't know, $50,000 for an opening slot on a tour. Yeah. But, you know, it's probably fewer than before. But even still, it's like, I don't really think that does a lot for the opening band. I don't think it does much for the opening band and it doesn't do anything for the tour. I think that sort of stuff kind of harms touring, in my opinion, because every band should bring a bunch of people to the tour. The best thing for the tour is a lot of people being there. Yeah. And if a band pays to be on it who is not, not very known. Or completely unknown. Or completely unknown. And let's face it, they're playing first. They're not playing in front of that many people. I don't know. Sometimes they're pl- playing in the middle of the tour package. Okay. Yeah, that, that too. Yeah, it kind of hurts the tour because you need every band to be bringing in people. And so is it really worth it for the headliner, whoever's getting that extra, t- whatever it is, $8,000? Mm-hmm. Is it worth it to the tour? In my opinion, no. Yeah. If it was my tour, I'd rather not take a couple extra, a thousand dollars extra personally. Yeah. And have a band on there that's going to make the tour more successful. Yeah, I guess I do agree with you. But I think there's the other way to look at it where the headliner is already selling out every show. There you go. And... The opening band is just more money in the yeah. headliner's okay, pocket. If that's the case, then yeah, well, I'm cool with it. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know what the going rate is, but I have heard of a headliner who was asking, they were doing three band bills and they were asking maybe $40,000 for the opening band. It's just not worth it. It's y'all. not worth it. It's not worth just it. Just wait until your band, yeah. That that's who it's really not worth it for. Fuck the headlining band, yeah, know. you know, them making more money. It's the opening band. One tour is just a tour. It's just a tour. It's just it's a tour. Not, it's not a make or break. Yeah, it really not. isn't. It's just not. I mean, you can look every day there's a tour being an- announced and you can be kind of like, oh man, I wish I got that tour. No one cares. It doesn't matter. A it tour is just a tour. Away. You know who a tour is good for? A band who has a following, yeah. who knows that they're going to come out of that tour in the green. That's who touring is good for. That's definitely the way it's going. Yeah. Have fans and then go on tour because yeah. there's a demand for it. Yes. Make money. Don't don't get your band into a crazy situation because you think that one tour is going to make your band pop. Unless you're rich as fuck. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> unless you're yeah. unless you're a multimillionaire. Then by all means. Parents. Yeah, if you got rich parents, then get the money and go on the get that tour. money yeah. and go on tour, boo. <laughs> but if you are not rich, if you actually want to make your band a a full time band, and you don't want to train crash your band right away into a financial hole, don't be paying thirty thousand dollars when no one knows who your band is to go out on a tour. Imagine what you could do with thirty grand, dude. Think of how big you could get your band on the internet yeah. over 30 grand. Think of ads. the quality ads, music videos, marketing. You could call up PR firms that yeah. are working with labels. You could go record with like a big engineer. Yeah. Just make have all the stars aligned. Yeah. I mean, don't you? You could get me to play drums on your album for that much. 
30 grand. That's the asking <laughs> price. <laughs> but like you know, two grand. just be smart about the decisions that you make. That's really it. And I, that is why I can think of bands breaking up. That's the type of stuff. More than doesn't. people disliking each other. And you know what? People start hating each other over money. True. So. I, I think it's a lack of honesty. What do you think about that? Right? Yeah. Like, at the end of a tour, you can be honest and get paid like 500 bucks and pay all your expenses. Right? Let's say this is hypothetical. Or you can say, you know what, we'll just pay half the merch bill and we'll each get like 1500 or whatever. Yeah. You're lying to yourself. And that's not good. No. So I think a big part of what changed our life is being honest about everything yeah I, I, oh that money doesn't exist so we're not taking it and it can help you in your personal life too absolutely like can i afford to do this well do i have the money in my bank account no then the answer is no yeah. that's how i operate and that's <laughs> called honesty i think it's the best to operate that way you know we've we ourselves have had merch debt we've had credit card debt with the band we paid all of that off, but there are a lot of bands out there who still who yeah, have and that. It meant, and it meant going on a on our best tour, yeah, and basically not getting paid. Yeah, it did. But so worth it because now we're sitting here ready to go on a tour with no debt. And there's no pressure for us now going on this tour. When we are hiring live people, we can be we know exactly how much we can afford to pay them. Yep. You can offer it to them up front. There's no weird thing of. How it's much are weird. we getting paid? Yeah, no, it's not weird. It's there's and honestly no with me and Chaney, we're not tripping how much we get paid. So if it's a lot or a little, it, whatever, we're just in it to win it. Yeah, but not everyone is really running their band that way. Yeah, that's you know, true. That's true. some people care how much they get paid. <laughs> we're like, we don't care for the love of metal, man. But you know, some people. I transcend I just, money. Okay. <laughs> All right. I am a money tree. But I, I do think that it is really important if we're talking about the ways to keep a band together and to... Yeah, that's uh, that, the longevity thing that, that's going to help. It's, yeah, the longevity money ties into that real well. Don't, oh, man. don't uh, so spend the, above the... your means. Don't, I remember a couple of years ago, our manager was telling us about a band he had who every tour, they'd be like, all right, can we afford to get a bus yet? Can we get a bus now? Bus now? Don't be that. If you want, no, no, get a bus. don't get a bus. It costs a shitload of money. Yeah. Get a bus if you're a big band and you're still making money on your guarantee after you pay for the bus every day. Yeah. Then get a bus. It, but if you are a metal band yeah. who is opening a tour, like a tour that's not going to draw 15,000 people, or you know what I mean. That's a little outlandish. but 1,000. 1,000 people. If you're on a tour that's not drawing 1,000 people a night, you probably don't need to be on a bus. Yeah. And I think that goes back to the honesty thing. Like, we play a type of music that's got a potential to be somewhat big, but not as big as, like, a band who doesn't play fucking weird music. Yeah. So if you play death metal or whatever, all these underground musics, I mean, there's a limit to how big it's going to get. Totally. And you need to be realistic about that. I remember a couple of years ago, Black Dahlia was still touring in a van. 
That's they're just because they're being smart. Because they're smart. Because yeah. you got to be smart in this game. Otherwise, I mean, dude, it's, it's fun to take every single tour offer. It's fun to be like, it doesn't matter if we're getting $50 a night. We can make it. Let's just band together, guys. But then everyone's pissed off at the end yeah. of the tour. Because you've been like sleeping in a van. Ooh, not looking drinking forward to that. Drinking bang energy drinks every day, all day. Playing weird metal. And then you make negative oh. 5,000. <laughs> Damn, Chaney, it's a, that's a tough sell. It's a tough sell right there. <laughs> all I'm saying is being be smart and focus on longevity. And that's how you can persist in, in, being a, in following your dreams. That's true. That I mean, goes in. Me, that goes into any Sarah. business as well. Yeah. If you're going to start a restaurant, I heard this the other day, so I'm just parroting someone else. <clears throat> if you're going to start a muffin restaurant, start with a muffin cart. Yeah. And see if anyone likes your muffins in the first place. Don't go buy a building with your inheritance. Don't do that. And spent put all your money into the muffin business and then your muffins have too much baking soda in them. It's when your dream becomes a nightmare. What do you think about that? Yeah. All of your nightmares <laughs> turn into a new reality. Oh, wow. Yeah. Look at that. There you go. All right. Uh, how far are we into this episode? 54 minutes. Naveen is about to fly back to California because he's a traitor. Yeah, he's I know. Moving. I'm pretty bummed about it. Um, moving back. I guess what happened was I'm so good at my old job that, they couldn't find someone to finish up a couple of these installs that I was working on. So I'm going to fly back to California and finish them up. Damn. He's a working man. Yeah. So, um, I'm, I'm kind of bummed about it, but at the same time, it'll be cool. It'll be cool. Yeah. It'll be fun for you. I, guess. I am staying in Tennessee. Yeah. What's fun is staying here and working on my drum room. Cause yeah. we are building like, we're in the middle of building a legit studio, y'all. Oh, yeah. It's going to be so cool. Yeah. We're, I posted like a little update about it on my Instagram, but we're further along than that update. And uh, the room is huge because yeah. Naveen and Evan like knocked down this. Uh, so there was a room in our house. There are actually two rooms in our house that are pretty unfinished. And one of the rooms had this weird like closeted area in it that also had a separate so it was like one walk-in closet and then it was separated from a, a tiny closet and we thought that we'd use the tiny closet for a vocal booth and we didn't know what we were going to do with the big closet but Naveen and Evan knocked down all of that stuff so now the room that we're going to put Naveen's drum kit in and you know have be our I guess drum tracking and practice room that Naveen and Evan are soundproofing. Uh, it's like eighteen by eighteen by eleven foot. Is that how big it is? Yeah, it's gigantic. It's, uh, eighteen by twelve right now, but we're gonna put up another set of studs and insulation and drywall. So that's gonna take off like about a foot and a half on each side yeah so if you guys want to watch that process Naveen has been really good at documenting what's going on and he's been posting it on his instagram that's right it's but really yeah, cool so maybe we should post on the uh, as a vlog copper crab vlog yeah i know i was thinking about that i kind of have a similar thing going to when i was working on the van just getting that footage yeah 
I also have a bunch of footage of us moving, which is kind oh, of yeah, that's cool. funny. That's cool. Funny no stuff. footage of us tracking. I realized that the other day. Yeah. There is <laughs> almost no footage of us tracking our new record. No, no. I think but it's who just, cares? With that, I'm like so in the zone. I'm not trying to stop and record. Whereas yeah. if I'm like hammering a wall down, I can just be like, hey, check it out. You know, it's a little easier in terms of my creative focus. Absolutely. I think that with our next record, we will get someone over here. I but know. So that's the thing. So we're going to have the studio in our fucking house. Yeah. So yeah, we can get someone over here and we can uh, work in an actual environment that looks cool. Right. For, for yeah. Starters. And so Naveen and I are the camera operators. I've been the camera operator in the past on our like album stuff and it just doesn't work I know. because then there's no footage of me or there's no footage of Naveen right. and it I get super flustered when I have to like focus on tracking and focus on getting a picture or whatever. I can't do it. Can't do it. Can't do it. So, uh, yeah, maybe next record we'll yeah. do that. Yeah, like I said, it'll be good because it'll be kind of in one space and it'll make more sense. And we could even have like a schedule. Yeah, it. absolutely. We need to meet someone here who does that stuff. Uh, I know some people. Oh, you do? Yeah. Okay. And yeah, also I think our next record will just be probably written differently. Yeah, I agree. So we could actually have writing sessions. Yeah, we're gonna have writing sessions. Um, but and yeah. I won't be work like I mean another thing. Keep in mind when we were making the last album, I'm working a full time job. Yeah, which I don't do anymore. Right. So that's like huge right there. Totally. So yeah, our album's almost done. Should be done in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, and we're, we're gonna be turning it in. Super excited about it. Super excited. Pumped. Ho hopefully we can get a single out before the tour, but if not, we're still playing two songs on the tour. So Yeah. I think we'll be able to get a single out. Yeah. If not on it, then during. Yeah. For sure. Um, yeah, super exciting. Excited to go out with those bands, Arch Spire and Inferior and Volvodinia. Yeah. Going to be a fun time. Uh, check for tour dates. We're going to sign off because Naveen has got to go to the airport. Yeah, I literally am flying to the airport like... In two no. hours. You're you're flying. He's a pilot now. I'm flying it. <laughs> All right. Have a good week, you guys. We'll Love see you motherfuckers next Be week. Be safe. Peace.